Hello, welcome to uh, the first episode of Fireside Fo Soccer Chat. Um, JJ Fight sitting right beside me for at least this episode and probably many future episodes until I find another co-host or whatever happens is my dad. Hello, JJ. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, so basically, idea came up for this podcast a while ago and still would always to do a podcast, so decided finally tonight that we were just gonna do it um and yeah so we're here now so i've decided that this first episode and future episodes will be discussing soccer around the world most likely focusing on the u.s men's national team and women's national team um especially as we are in a world cup year did you know that you know i did not but i guess i should have realized yeah because it's four years since the last one yes that means i have to pay attention to soccer now yeah, starting well this year because it's actually in uh, Qatar. It's uh, it's in December, so you got a little. Oh, long. okay. I I have time. <laughs> you have time. Okay. But I, no, not December. I think November. I don't remember when. Um, but you know, it's later in the year. It's not in the summer like it normally is. So we have a little longer. But we're we're entering the final two windows of the men's national team. They're qualifying for the World Cup. Um, last time in. 2017 when we hit this part usa ended up not qualifying as many people know i remember that that was very embarrassing yeah they should have qualified well problem is that you get you get a point where the roster is being made up of you, you don't want to see old players because it was kind of like the last hurrah for like that group and uh it was going to be like their last set of world cup qualifiers and they were going to get the team in and they didn't um who knows the reasoning? There are many people that could be blamed, but let's look toward the future. Yes. And not look back at the past. Of, of course. Um, so in this first episode, we're going to recap the, well, I'll recap for my dad, the, the, I think eight games we've already been through so far okay. in qualifying. And uh, I'll look for this next three game set that actually starts tomorrow night, or it could be already Thursday by the time this is going to be posted. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so as of right now, the USA sit second in uh, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Um, they sit behind Canada, who lead by one point. Um, the USA, their one loss against uh, Panama losing large, uh, looming large uh, in this moment. So it's not enough that Canada is better at hockey. They're also better at soccer. We, we, it's debatable. Canada has has two very solid, let's say three or four really solid players. The rest of their squad is pretty average, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, but they have Alfonso Davies, who's actually right now out after he got COVID. He got uh, myocarditis, so he he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, their best midfielder, um, uh, Ustakio, um, is out with COVID, so. Missing two out of their three, they still have Jonathan David, Tejon Buchanan. Those names are probably going over your head, but for soccer listeners who are listening to me, um, both of them playing at very high levels right now in Europe, and uh, Jonathan David is being looked at by some of the larger clubs in the world right now for transfers, which is very good to see from a player from CONCACAF. Um, born in New York, actually, Jonathan David, but uh, plays hmm. for Canada. 
But the USA also has a couple of those players where they uh, were born in the U.S., but they play they uh, they or were born somewhere else. Sorry, they were born in England or another country, but because they're American by through a parent, they ended up playing for us. Um, a couple players like that on this roster currently. Well, we like that when the players are good. Yes. <laughs> if it works the other way, not so much. Yes. So I actually don't know the story about how Jonathan David chose Canada. There's probably a deep meaning behind it. I, I don't know any of that. Um, basically. Maybe his family liked snow. Maybe. Or about to get hit with a nice snowstorm. Yeah, that's what they say. Y- you're calling. You're calling. We'll see. I'm calling it for a miss. Yeah. Say New England for the big hit. New York City spared the worst. Yep. You can uh, mark it down. All right. Well, we'll see. This this is our, our proof. The soccer and weather forecast yeah, at the same podcast. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a good duo. Um, Mexico sitting in third, um, which is a surprise coming off of the first two uh, first two windows where Mexico looked like they were leading the pack by a large margin. Um, USA won Dos Acero in this last window, beating them. Um, and. Uh, Yes, that that probably feels good for them. Uh, feels good for it was it was a fun game to watch. Um, back and uh, now my Spanish is not so good. Dosa cero. What does that mean exactly? Two nothing. Ah, oh, okay. But it's the most common. I think it's the most common USA win over Mexico scoreline. And it's uh and and the funny part is in the Dosa cero game, there's almost always a third chance that the USA gets towards the end of the match that gets missed or bottled or it gets messed up. And so the score always stays Dosacero 2-0. So so that ends up um it's kinda kinda funny like that. It's sitting in fourth, uh Panama, who actually are the only team to beat the US in the moment. Um Costa Rica sitting in fifth. You know, that doesn't seem right after we built the canal for them. <sighs> And then they beat us in yeah, soccer. But, but didn't we kind of also take it over with like martial law and stuff? Well, we built it. That's all I know. I and then we gave it back to them. All that I know is that we sucked in that game. That game okay. was completely horrible. It was a matter of time for them to score against us. And we were going to score any goals against them. So that was that type of game. Costa Rica sitting fifth. Um, Jamaica sitting sixth. Jamaica kind of uh, not, not looking too good. They had uh, some high hopes. Coming into qualifying, the Reggae Boys, as, as they're nicknamed, um, and uh, they had some high hopes. They have some. They have some players who could have played for England, but decided to play for Jamaica instead. Um, actually, uh, Mikel Antonio, who in the last window, instead of the USA winning, the USA drew with Jamaica. If the USA win that game, they're sitting top of the group instead. But that Mikel Antonio goal from I think it was thirty-five yards out just. Beautiful. Top corner. Now, if any Jamaicans don't make the soccer team, are they still able to do bobsledding? Aye. <laughs> Aye. So, you're really going to say that? <laughs> yes. He's nodding his head yes. I El- think it's a fair question. Aye. El Salvador sitting seventh. Um, again, d- they're they're playing well. The games that we that the USA played against them, first game of this next window tomorrow night is USA El Salvador. That should be a good game. And then Honduras sitting in last with absolutely dreadful numbers so far. 
So this next upcoming window for the U.S., um, we we have uh, starting off, we're going to end up playing El Salvador tomorrow, uh, Thursday, January 27th at 7 p.m. Then Sunday, January 30th at 3 p.m., we're playing Canada in Canada in Hamilton, in Hamilton, Ontario, I think. Oh, that's near Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be freezing. Mm-hmm. I think wind chill so far is not looking great. I mean, we're playing all three of our games in very cold weather this window. We're playing El Salvador in Columbus. Then we go up into Hamilton for uh, the game against Canada. And then our third game against Honduras, we're being played in Minnesota in the dead of winter. <laughs> In uh, February 2nd, that game is that game is Wednesday, so a week from today. Oh, also Groundhog Day. Yes. Will they have to play the game over and over again? No, no, they won't. They just have to play it once. Yeah, but asking the tough questions, I see. Yes. Well, it'll be Groundhog Day. The, the, the game gets replayed until the USA wins, hopefully. Oh, okay. Well, then they should try to win the first time around. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, Then our last three games, which we really want... So what we call these three-game windows, we want nine-point windows. You win a game, you get three points. You tie a game, you get one point. You lose a game, you get zero points, of course. So we, we were, we're looking for a nine-point window. Our team is strong enough where we should be able to do this, get a nine-point window. So this way, when we go into our last three games, we're playing Mexico in our first game, who, very solid team, right? They're, they're Mexico. They're always good. They, they know how to play soccer. Panama are the one team to have beaten us, but we played them in Panama. So hopefully when we play them in the U.S., we'll be able to beat them. And then I think we, we're playing in Costa Rica for the last game, which you don't want to leave your World Cup qualifying hopes for the last game. You want to already be qualified. You don't want to have a repeat of of uh, Trinidad and Tobago, where uh, you go into the last game expecting a win, but you end up with a loss. Not be great. So go, going back to, to the start of qualifiers... Um, we started off, um, in El Salvador and we tied zero, zero, not, not a great performance. Um, team looked flat in certain ways. Uh, certain fans called first. I personally thought that the lineup was wrong. The subs were not used correctly in that game. Did not think it was a good looking match at all. We did not play well. And, uh, well, we played decent. We had our moments, but just didn't, didn't look good. Then our next game, we went up against Canada uh, in the U.S., and we tied 1-1. We scored a goal, and then two minutes later, Alfonso Davies, best player on the pitch that night, just took control of the game and ended up scoring a beautiful goal. Um, so we draw 1-1. So coming out of two two games, we're at two points. We were expecting to be at least at four points at, a, at this point. So... It's not looking too good. We were we were sitting, I think, in the fifth place at that moment. Mm-hmm. Was it just not? It wasn't a good feeling. And then uh, the emergence of a certain Mexican American dual national named Ricardo Pepe saved us all. Um, we end up beating Honduras four one, and uh, we start off that game. We're not looking too good, really. Like nothing's really moving the ball. No one's really moving the ball forward. Uh, just passing it around, really. It's not not looking too good. Honduras end up scoring first. Mm. Not a great look. For the first time in a long time, as USA fans, under while watching Greg Verhalter, um, we th- we feel he gets the subs right, and uh, 
we end up scoring immediately. All like we get the ball, we kick off the ball in the second half, and we score in the first minute, and then scored again, again and again, and we end up winning that game four one. So coming out like we feel like okay, there's hope, right? Like we we won a game finally. Then so you mentioned uh, Pepe. Yeah. So what what was his role in that game? So he he plays the nine role or the striker, the the main attacker, your focal point in attack, and uh, he ends up scoring two goals, and I think he assists the third. So it was like a, a hat trick, not a hat trick. Oh, no. Hat trick is when you score three goals. Oh, it's not like uh, hockey. No hockey. A hat trick is also scoring three goals. Shows what I know. Yeah. You, you're really only good with baseball. Really? really. Yes. And football. Yes. Football, but American football, not, not soccer, not, football. not European football. Then, uh, we end up playing Jamaica. Um, and, we beat them two nothing, so that game that game was uh, in the U.S. and uh, yeah, no, that that felt good that game. But Jamaica had their I feel like Jamaica had their chances in this one if I'm remembering correctly. And then we go to Panama, and uh, again subs starting lineup and subs just not used well, and we end up losing one nothing, and uh, did not feel good. So we go we go into our next game against Costa Rica, and uh, there's all the fanfare. You're like, come on, we need a win type of feeling. We give up a goal thirty seconds in first mm-hmm. shot. Like you're you're like you're like really like this is how this game. Good. So when uh, during the national anthem in that game in uh, the USA fan section supported, they had this nice cool. Um, it's called a tifo. It's uh, like a giant painting basically that gets hung from the rafters. It's really cool, and. Uh, it wasn't even dropped yet by the time Costa Rica scored. Mm. So you kind of had this thing and feeling like, okay, great. Like we're, we're, we're going to lose this game. And then, um, Serginho Dest scored one of the best goals I've ever seen from a U.S. player. Um, it, it was beautiful. Cut onto his left foot and then just fired in like complete beautiful goal into the top corner. And then... Trying to remember who scored the second goal. I do not remember. Oh, it was an own goal in the 66 minutes. Oh, yes. Basically, Costa Rica, they have a very good goalie. His name is Kaylor Navas. Been playing at the top level in Europe for a long time. You're just nodding your head right now. You're just Oh, yeah. They can't see that I'm nodding my yeah, head. Yeah, no. The... Yes, JJ. Yes. I agree. So... <laughs> I acknowledge what you're saying. So so he he's very good. Um, But basically... He get he left the game at halftime. He gets subbed out. He was he was injured. Okay. We don't know why. Just leaves the game. Was it COVID? No, not COVID. Okay, good. Um, and basically, uh, backup comes in and he he's he's not really as good as, as uh, Navas. And uh, Timothy Weah brings the ball up the wing, fires a shot at the near post, and he sneaks in off the post, off the back of the goalie, and in. Wow. So. That that game was kind of like the first game where we controlled possession, kind of like worked the the game from side to side and got that goal that like you really broke down the defense. Like yeah, it was a little lucky, but you felt like it was coming, like you deserved it. Then we go to uh, the game I, I mentioned earlier, Dos Acero. So uh, USA Mexico, North American soccer rivalry. Like this this is the game, right? Like. Right. Now, a little bit of background for this game. There were two other tournaments 
played this year that the USA played in it. One the very beginning of the summer and one towards like the middle endish of the summer. First one, CONCACAF Nations League. We met Mexico in the final, and uh, we had a lot of our European players as it was the end of their season before their offseason really began. And it was kind of like our, our what I like to call our A team. And that team comes out and beat Mexico 3 2 in one of the, the best games I've ever watched as a soccer man. Back and forth. And it kind of felt it felt good. Christian Pulisic gets the penalty winner in extra time. And uh, we had a penalty. Then Mexico came back down, had a penalty, and had it saved. So it was like this really back and forth type of game. And uh, we end up winning that 1 3 2. So Mexico fans, of course, make all the excuses. USA fans are like, yeah, we finally beat Mexico under this new team. This like, like this kind of is like the first way to go. We end up in the CONCACAF Gold Cup, which is the normal CONCACAF, uh, like the regional championship. Um, and uh, we Mexico reigning champs. And we're, we're bringing a team of players who are mostly at a season, who are trying to break into the squad. It's, it's like a test tournament. Which, good idea, basically, mm-hmm. because of uh, you want you want to see which other players can be role players. World Cup qualifying hadn't even started yet, so this is like just ways to uh, get started. And we beat them one nothing, one nil in we that game. Them. So we've already beaten Mexico twice this year. So now we're coming up to the third time we're playing Mexico in this year, and uh, tactics, everything gets done correctly in this game. We, we fight tooth and nail. We control possession. The center backs play well. We move the ball while our midfield plays well. And this is like, I, I want to say the Costa Rica game was the coming out game, but I really think the Mexico game was the coming out game for the what we call the MMA midfield, which is Eunice Musa, Weston McKenney, and Tyler Adams. Those those three guys are like the main, they're like the, the midfield. They're the lifeblood of the team, like the energy pushers, the guys that are going to make the ball move from one end to the other. And uh, we win that game. It's Pulisic's first game back from injury. He comes on as a sub in, like, the 65th minute and scores three minutes later. So Christian Pulisic scoring big goals for America in uh, 2021. It was very fun. He's a great player, isn't he? Yes. He's also the only player that you mentioned to me that you knew beforehand. Yes. That's why I'm making a comment about him. Yes. Very good. All right. So then our last World Cup qualifier we played was against Jamaica in Jamaica. Mm. And this is, I mentioned earlier, Mikel Antonio for Jamaica. Really, really good player in England, but never really got his chance with the English national team. So he decides to file his FIFA one-time switch to Jamaica. Shows up in his first game and scores a really good goal from around 35 yards out. Like, I don't think anything else, like, can be done about it. Like, yeah, maybe the defender could have shifted his body. No, no, there's nothing that 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 is doing, and uh, we end up tying that game. But the Mexico game and the Jamaica game are also coming out games for Timothy Weah. Timothy Weah is uh, George Weah's son, who also happens to be the president of FIFA. No, I feel like we've talked the United about... States. No, that's Joe Biden. Oh right. Yeah. No. All right. Give me a second. Let me just make sure. You should know the answer before you ask me I, the question. Well, I, I just wanted to check. It's Liberia, which is what I thought. Oh, the president of Liberia. Yeah. Well, basically because they kept having civil wars until they elected him president. Yes. They so, have had a lot of uh So basically, they, they all just agreed that, like, 
I mean, he's the, he's one of the few South American players to, uh, not South American. Uh, he's one of the few African players to have won uh, the FIFA Ballon d'Or for best player of the year. Um, okay. So pre- pretty good. I think that's really why they uh, they elected him as their leader. So I already ran over. I already ran through the games we will be playing. So as of right now, we have our roster. And... One of one of the fans' pet peeves, and very much mine included, is how our coach Greg Berhalter has been uh, choosing the rosters. There's been a lot of favoritism towards certain players that have not gotten results. So, and especially this camp. So this camp in January, MLS season is over. We watched the final. Remember NYCFC won. Yeah. That, that's that's my team. So that was exciting. It was. Talent shootouts are fun. Yes, they can be, especially when your team wins. Yes. Um, and basically, so there there is some, uh, feels like some MLS favoritism going on from Greg, um, especially because MLS out of season. So he he's now hosted two, what we call them camp cupcakes. We're normally in a non-World Cup qualifying year. This camp would have just been like some MLS guys, some guys who are allowed to be released by their club because they're like on the bench all the time or they're in the reserves. And they'll come in and they'll play one or two friendlies against another team who also like their league isn't in season or will play uh, like a, will play like a Caribbean team or something. Um, and basically we had a camp cupcake. There was, there was a game in the December camp cupcake. We won one nil. I have a question. Yeah. Are there any cupcakes at Camp Cupcake? Maybe. That's a question to ask someone. But I don't know who the question would answer. Mm, let me know. I'll send an email. You got it. Okay. All right. I so, think they should have chocolate cupcakes. I, I think they should have all types of cupcakes. Okay. So in this roster, 20, 28 players. You're doing a great job, by the way, JJ. Do you, really un- do you understand it. anything that I'm saying? Of course I do. You can say no. I understand what you're saying. You're uh, talking about soccer. <laughs> you don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? I, I'm I'm ready to be enlightened. So, do, do you have any questions to ask me, or are you just sitting here? I've been asking you questions. I know. I think these are very hard-hitting questions. Yes. The people need to know. Yes. You would very much like uh, this person named Watke on Twitter. Watke. Watke. W a t k e. Okay. He. You can. You can follow him now. I'm gonna look him up right now. Maybe he should follow me. <laughs> because you you are asking the questions that he looks to answer. So. Uh, oh, introducing double tap to like on Twitter. No, that's stupid. Have you seen that yet? Yes, of we've course. made it easier than ever to like your favorite content. <laughs> Next time you see something you like, double tap anywhere on the tweet to show it some love. I'm going to click on got it, but only once, not twice. Okay. So, no, stop going up to the top of the page. Stop it. What do you think about David Ortiz making the Hall of Fame? No, this is soccer. (laughs) No, but this is also something that people want to know. Oh, my God. I, to be honest, if Barry Bonds and, um, and uh, Roger Clemson again, I don't think uh, David Ortiz should have gotten in. I hear that. 
And I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand Scott yeah, Rowland at all. This one. Yes. So his name is Chris Russell, but he's called Watke. Yes. Just follow him. Just click okay. follow. I will. I need to look at it first. So here, can I show you, can I show you, uh, one of his better stuff? Um, sure. All right. JJ takes the phone from my hand. Yes. No. He scrolls down the Twitter feed of Watke. Yes. He scrolling and scrolling and scolding down. You asked for a blue hoodie and paired oh. it with an extremely sought after pair of sneakers. Okay. Wait, I think I could pause this for now while we watch this. Okay, so sorry about that interlude. <laughs> we got distracted on uh, Twitter a little bit. But uh, Watke, you, you, you get a shout out. Uh, you're awesome. I love you. <laughs> um, and now uh, you have a new follower. Yes. Uh, but my dad doesn't check Twitter that much. No, or, but now I will because I'm following Watke. You'll be checking it tomorrow night a lot then. Okay. During the game. During the game. Absolutely. After Ben gets put to sleep. I need some hard-hitting commentary. After Ben gets put to sleep, right? Of course. Priorities. Yes. So, goalies, uh, we've had a little bit of, uh, in, in the fan circles, we've had a little bit of a discussion. We have two very solid goalies, um, goalkeepers. One, his name is uh, Zach Steffen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's good with his, he has good mix, he's good with his feet, mm-hmm. decent shot stopper. He plays for Manchester City in uh, England. But, uh... He's a backup. He doesn't. He doesn't really get constant game time. You know, mm-hmm. other 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 goalkeeper named Matt Turner, very good shot stopper, mm-hmm. very good. Like top, like very 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 good. Problem is, can't play the ball with his feet. Question. Yes. In soccer, aren't you supposed to use your feet? Yes. So that's a problem. Yes. Got it. Especially in modern day soccer, where you want your defenders, if they get pressured, to be able to pass back to the goalie. Sure. So that you can keep the play going. So that's the problem with Matt Turner because the ball comes back to him and he just kicks it long, which most likely will lead to a loss in possession. Got it. So then we have uh, defenders. This is where Camp Cupcake comes into play. As uh, we have Reggie Cannon, who's been a backup right back for a while for the U.S. for the U.S. men's national team. Solid right back. Uh doesn't really have a high ceiling for me. Like, he is what he is. Um, Serginho Dest plays for Barcelona. Very solid player. Can't really defend, though. <laughs> Which you can probably tell is a problem for a right back. Yeah, defender. As a defender. Got it. So then this is where Cup- Camp Cupcake comes into play. Brooks Lennon. He has plays for Atlanta United. Solid MLS right back. But he plays in MLS and does not dig at MLS. It's just that there are other players who play in Europe who are better than Brooks Lennon that should be in this squad, but here's Brooks Lennon instead. How come he doesn't play in Europe? He's not good enough to play in Europe. So that is a dig at MLS. Yeah, it is. Kind of. But it it was supposed to it was supposed to be under In a friendly way. Yeah. Supposed to be Sorry for calling that out. I didn't get the memo. Yeah, you did not get the memo at all. Please continue, MLS. You're doing a great job. MLS, MLS is needed. Oh, go NYCFC. Yes. MLS is needed in this country to help grow the game of soccer. You, that's how you create fans. You, you have teams in certain areas that help grow the fan base. Actually, something I'm very sad about is that, and New York can handle it, but it also can't really, is that we don't have, we have two MLS teams. 
there is other leagues in uh, the U.S. It's called USL. And it's, I don't want to call it like a minor league because it's not really connected to MLS. It would be like, um, kind of like what the Can-Man League is. Mm. Like, well, like a New Jersey Jackal. Jackals. I love yeah. the Jackals. But, but And Jack the Jackal. He's yeah. my favorite. I have his autograph. So do I. Oh, okay. So my baseball mitt for like 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, and kids get to run the bases. Yeah, kid, yeah. So kind of like that. Like, it's more like smaller teams and stuff. Um, but. USL is kind of more they, they try to focus on places that don't really have soccer teams. So there's a team on Louisville. Um, like the Louisville FC is, is one of the better USL teams normally. Okay. Um, but so we don't really have a USL team here in the North Jersey tri state area, basically. Um but anyways, Camp Cupcake. Uh so there are certain players on this roster who I don't think should have made the roster. By the way, the Nets lost. I, I thought I thought they were gonna lose because James Harden wasn't playing, oh. and they're also missing Katie, Kyrie, and mm, uh, that's Joe a problem. Harris. Yes, how are they gonna do well this year? Yeah, that's that's a podcast for another time. Oh, we'll do another podcast about that. There's also something I'm not good enough to speak on. <laughs> so, anyways, so Camp Cupcake, Brooks Lennon makes the squad. Shouldn't I personally don't think he should have made the squad. Another problem with this roster, we only call in one left back. Which, actually, I don't even see right now on the list. He's not there on the list. I copied the... Oh, no, I do see it. Anthony Robinson, one left back. Now, Serginio Test can play left back, but he's not great. He can do it, just not really his position. Um, So, we have someone named Joe Scally. He actually came up through the NYCFC system. They sold him when he was 15 to Borussia Mönchengladbach. They sold him? Yes. Okay. So Borussia Mönchengladbach, good team. Um, in, in Bundesliga, they're a solid middle-of-the-line team. Um, and, yeah. Basically, uh, he can play both left-back and right-back. And that's what he does for, for his club. Actually, I, I have it opened. Um, right now on transfermarket.com, that US or whatever. He's played left back one, two, three times out of his last five. And then he really started off the season playing left back as Munch Gladback, their, um, their, their starting left back actually got injured. <clears throat> no, 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 no. That, that, you don't get to be on your phone during this. You said the left back got injured. Yes, but but it's weird. It feels like I'm talking to a wall. This is what my professors feel like when uh, they're talking to like the gray boxes on Zoom. It's very difficult because you don't know who's listening. Yes, I can't like, tell. You could tell that I'm not listening because yeah. I'm scrolling through my phone right now. Yes. I wonder how parents feel when their teenagers <laughs> do that to them all the time. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> anyway, please continue. <laughs> Sorry. So he's a very solid left back, mm -hmm. right? And uh, basically, he got called in last last window, but didn't touch the field um, due to the fact he had to get acclimated with the squad, which I, I feel like there's a little bit of uh Just chase after the ball. He should be fine. No, because in soccer, there really is like tactics and stuff. So I feel like that if Brooks Lennon touches the field in this window, 
I, I feel like we've been screwed over by the coach. And then another player of interest that we are, are missing is his name is John Brooks. Also play plays week in, week out in Europe and uh, Bundesliga in Germany. Very solid player. Um, supposedly there are rumors, rumors that have not been confirmed that him and Verhalter got into an argument and he's allegedly, allegedly. And that's why he's being left out of the squad. So we, we got some uh, conflict going on in this locker room. So you're saying the best players are not necessarily playing. Well, we still got Christian Pulisic, Timothy oh, Way. He's the like, best. like we still, we still got like most of our top players, but these two guys, are, I don't really want to call them game changers, but like they would have been better depth than having Brooks Lennon. And uh, who's the other center back? I would not have brought. Mark McKenzie or Dondre Yedlin, I wouldn't have called in either. Dondre Yedlin doesn't have a club right now, which is I feel like a little bit of a problem. So that that's really defenders, right? We got we got solid center backs. We got Chris Richards, who um very solid, like very good, like top, like Bayern Munich. You know who Bayern Munich is? Yes, they're a soccer team. Yes, they're a good soccer team. Yes, yes, they are. I was not holding up a sign, whatever we are saying. <laughs> I was not giving my dad a death stare as I said that. So he's wanted by, he he's on loan from Bayern Munich to Hoffenheim, another team in Germany. I think they were in Harry Potter. Is that correct? Oh, no. That's Hufflepuff. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because they were very good at Quidditch. I think they only win like one game in Quidditch. <laughs> Maybe that's why they're playing soccer now. Okay, please continue. <laughs> you should be, you should see my face right now, listeners. <laughs> um, basically, uh, you know, midfielders. Tyler Adams is uh what we like to call the six or central defensive midfielder. Um, very very good. Plays plays also Bundesliga Germany. Very good. Week in week out, basically plays. Please for uh, RB Leipzig, which are actually owned by the Red Bull Corporation. Oh, Red Bulls own a lot of sports teams. Yes, very smart. They they make a lot of money through their sports teams now, than they do their sales. Interesting. Yeah, I guess everybody has all the energy they need these days. <laughs> Probably. Then uh, an inclusion into this roster that me as a fan is very happy about is Luca Della Torre. And he does one thing, and he does this one thing very, very well, is you give him the ball, and he will move the ball from left to right or right to left. He will move it up and down the field. He won't turn to pass the ball back like certain players do, who I shall not name, but I will name them later. <laughs> um, if he gets the ball and we're trying to counterattack the opponent, he's not looking to then find the open man backwards he's looking to get through the defender that's coming through him and continue on his way and that's his game plan and he does it very well like very very well and then does he take the ball all the way down and try to score so sometimes he'll try to score or sometimes they'll at that point like one of the other attackers or like he'll be able to pass it to a winger or Uh, a striker left or right yeah got it but he does that very well, and it's it's something that this next player on the roster, Sebastian Legette, could do very well, but has not done very well through World Cup qualifying. And now, to be honest, to before in the first three games World Cup qualifying, and to be honest, 
in like one or two games in the Gold Cup. He he was he was fine. He he did this, but he Sebastian Legette is very good at if you know you're gonna have seventy five percent of possession in a game, you can play Sebastian Legette. Because his job, he'll just keep recycling the ball. He'll be looking for the better players around him to make the play. And the only time that becomes a problem is that if you're playing in a quick back-and-forth match, if he gets the ball and you want him to turn and start to go at the other team, he won't. He'll look for the pass back to reset possession, which is needed in some ways, but it's not the style of play that this team really needs. Then we have Weston McKinney, probably... At this point in the season, the most informed American in Europe. And uh, early in the season, Juventus, his club, were looking to sell him. And uh, it kind of gave him a kick in the tush. And uh, You he, like to say that on a podcast? I'm pretty sure I am. Okay, good. And uh, no, he, he's definitely been our the best American midfielder, the best American player in Europe this, this, this year so far, this season. Um, Yunus Musa is a player I love very much. He, born in England, came up through the Arsenal system, played for England youth teams, and uh, ends up at Valencia, to where he starts his club career. And the USA reach out, and he decides, I'm going to play for the USA. Kid is awesome. He's really good, really strong. He's 18 years old. I think he's younger than me, which, which is weird to say. Oh, you'll get used to it. First, you'll ask yourself, what have I done with my life? But then you'll just accept it. Yeah, I'm, I'm already asking that question. You should be asking yourself that question. Yep. Um, anyways, Yunus Musa, really, really good midfielder. He's the other M in the MMA midfield. So it's mm-hmm. McKenny, Musa, Adams, MMA. Mixed martial arts. Yes. Okay. So then last midfielder brought in, his name is Christian Roldan. 30 caps, zero goals, and I think one assist in 30 caps, which is which is not great. And again, no. Christian Rodon, very solid player for the Seattle Sounders, just not national team material. There are better players in MLS who who could play over him. There's uh uh Mihailovic is is one of them, a very solid player. He plays in Montreal right now, and he's looking for a move to Europe, I think, or he has gotten his move to Europe. I don't remember. It was one of the one or the other. Another good player who I think should already be integrated to the squad, Caden Caden Clark, who got bought by RB Leipzig and is right now being loaned back to New York Red Bulls for this next season as Leipzig don't have room for him. But Caden Clark is definitely a name to remember for the future. Then we have attackers, and the attackers really only one name I have a bone to pick with. Um, His name is Paul Ariola. He's, he's, he's a runner. He just runs. That's that's what he does. Can't really score. Can't really do much else. He just runs. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah, basically. Okay. The problem is we have other players who could run and press defensive lines who can also score and do the other things. Scoring is helpful. Yes. Yes. So Unless you want every game to be 0-0. Yes, which is not fun. Brendan Aronson is one of those players that really just runs, but he also can at least sometimes get through a defender or beat a defender one-on-one and he and he can also score he was actually like the top scorer through like the first three games for us um then we have Jesus Ferreira for I haven't seen much of him and he's he's solid he's like a little shifty like I, I don't really know how to explain he's very good though 
Jordan Morris um, tried to go to Europe, got a loan to Europe, and it tore towards ACL. Ooh. I think maybe ten minutes into his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's That's he's finally loss. back. He came back in the first game, like one of the last games of Seattle season, and uh, very solid player. I like him a lot, even though he plays in MLS. I don't for for the record, I do not hate MLS players. I just think that there are certain MLSers that are better than the MLSers in this squad right now. So then we have Ricardo Pepe, who got his move from FC Dallas to FC Augsburg in Europe for twenty million dollars, which is pretty good. Seems like a bargain. Well, to be honest, most of the most of these players are not gonna are fetching around ten million. So twenty million is uh pretty pretty high. Um, he's a striker, very, very good at what he does, scoring goals when he has chances to. His hold-up play has definitely improved, which is his back, like if there's a defender on his back and you pass him the ball, he's very good at keeping the ball, keeping possession, and finding an open man to keep the play alive. Or it's something he has improved at. I don't want to say he's good at it. It's something he's improved at. Um, Christian Pulisic is Christian Pulisic. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't really know much else to say about him. All right. He, he is who he is. You got Timothy Weah, who I mentioned earlier. Very, mm-hmm. very, very good player. Um, plays in France. And then you have uh, J.S. Zardes, another striker. To be honest, I wanted Daryl D.K. It ended up being Daryl D.K. Also got a move to Europe. Like, but a permanent move, not a loan. Got a permanent move to Europe and then pulled his hamstring. His first mm. start. So he's out eight weeks, which sucks. He'll miss the rest of World Cup qualifying. I don't think he's going to make the the trip to Qatar. Uh, another player I would have liked would have been Jordan Pifak. He plays, I think, the Swiss League. Um, and he has 11 goals in 17 games, I think, is the last I saw. Pretty good. Um, which is pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I wish I wish he could he could be in the squad. But uh, again, Zardes was there in Camp Cupcake. Pifak was not. So that leaves that. So are you excited for tomorrow night? For oh, super excited. I really want the United States to qualify. Yeah. Because I don't want it to come down to the last game. That would be too nerve-wracking. And it gives us casual fans something to cheer for and to look forward to. And then and then if they make the World Cup, would you get hooked more on soccer? Oh, definitely. Count me in every four years like clockwork. You do know there's a lot more games than just every four years. Yes, I know. But that's the only ones that are interesting. You get to cheer for your country. It's a matter of national pride. But you can cheer. For, the the country plays every year. Yeah, but those games aren't don't seem as important. We played in two tournaments over the summer. How, won both of them. How can I watch those games on TV? Can you tell me? Oh, th- this is this this could be our next podcast. As I think. Oh, so you can't even watch them on TV. How's so, the casual fans supposed so to? So this is a major problem that the USA. U.S. soccer has right now. And as a fan, I find this very annoying. So as of right now, for away World Cup qualifiers, um, CBS owns the rights to away games. Um, And for home games, I think it's a mix between Fox and... No, it's ESPN. And then for World Cup games, it's owned by Fox. Okay. So Fox does a good job when when the U.S. plays... At least during the World Cup, they'll put them on Fox. They'll put them on Channel 5. And that's why I think a lot of casual fans watch the World Cup. Sure. Because it's normally on Channel 5, Channel 4, Channel 2. 
right? It's normally on Correct. regular cable vision that you could watch. Right. Or whatever your local cable yeah. provider is. Yes. Or even, I think if it's on, it will end up on ABC. Like the Euros mm -hmm. were this year. When the Euros were in full swing over right. the summer, they had games on ABC. Yes, I remember watching that. So, England versus uh, Italy. Yes, that was the final That's that correct. I watched with you. Yes. Um, that was a very good that game. That was also. a good game. Yeah. Um, and so basically, right now, for when the USA play games at home and ESPN owns the rights... They haven't been consistently making sure the USA get onto ESPN. A lot of times the game has ended up where you have to be on the app for the pregame. And the only way to watch the pregame has been through ESPN Plus, which thankfully we have. But still, what, what was it if you had just had ESPN Plus? I think it's $12 a year. My, I don't yeah. Per month, probably. Yeah, $12 a month. Which is expensive, right? In, in, for the in, average fan, sure. Yeah, for the average fan in a long run. that That's pretty expensive. Mm hmm the other and then the game will start and it'll end up on like espn2 um and it, and it really has to do with the way that the ncaa has gotten their deal done with disney espn mm, they take precedence they take precedence like if you like a, a any basketball or college football game will take precedence over a usa game which i think u.s soccer should look at and be like to ESPN, if you can't show to us that you're going to put us on your main ESPN channel or, or channel seven, then we don't want to have a deal with you. But ESPN is going to sell for them the most money and give them the worst deal because Disney. <laughs> right. CBS, on the other hand, and I'm and I'm really annoyed about this because CBS, right, channel two, channel it's channel two, right? You could put stuff on there, right? Like, you, not really, CBS, they have some good TV shows, but like. Aren't they the number one network? I think they are. Yeah, but I think we looked at I looked at it one time and it ended up being that they so basically on CBS Sports they they have a network called CBS Sports Network which most of the time is airing nothing. It's airing like the the musical interlude and it has the CBS Sports logo. You know what I'm saying? And basically USA game comes on and the only way you can watch it is through their streaming service Paramount Plus. Which is fine. I have a student deal for it. I think it's like I have it three dollars or something a month, which isn't bad at all. I'm I'm fine paying that. I am paying that. But for the average fan, I think it, it gets up to seven. Mm. For the average person, I just the student deal is really good. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, like Paramount Plus, like yeah, their TV shows and Nickelodeon stuff. And the, some of the Nick stuff is pretty good. I like what, going back and watching old Nickelodeon stuff. Childhood memories. Dare, Double Dare was the one where they dumped slime on people. No, that's uh, the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, uh -huh. okay. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, no. That's why they use the slime on the NFL broadcast. That's what they should do. They should do a, a secondary broadcast. Secondary broadcast where it's slimeable. I would be interested in watching that, especially if Ian Eagle's son does the play-by-play. -play. I don't think he does soccer. He really does basketball. You can learn. Yeah. Well, they, they would most likely get like a, a good play-by-play. Uh, Someone -play with guy. a British accent, probably. Probably not. They use Andreas Cantor, oh. who's uh, I don't remember where he's from. His dad is very famous. He's his dad is the one that does the really long goal call. Like the goal. Oh, that is famous. Yeah. Um. So he does. He does the games on CBS Sports, and it's normally with, I think, Marisa Do, 
and then they have to to give CBS Sports props. Their pregame and halftime and postgame are really good. They have very good panel. Their panel is made up of uh, Clint Dempsey, Gooch, and uh, Marisa Du. Very very good trio right there. Um, and yeah, I I really love the CBS Sports, but I just wish it could be on TV. Like I wish it could be on Channel Two or their Sports Network right. channel. Well, anyway, I hope the U.S. qualifies, and then we'll be able to see them on real TV in the World Cup. Yes, free TV. I don't. I don't even know what Fox is going to be doing for the World Cup. They could also, because they have. Uh, mm. We'll see. I don't think. I don't think Fox has their own subscription. Like I know Fox News has their own subscriptions. Fox service. Sports don't they have their own? They have the channels on TV, but they don't have like a. Oh, interesting. TV subscription service. All right, we'll see. We'll see. There's always a lot of interest in the U.S., even other countries' games. People like to watch, you know. So that's where uh, Telemundo and um, what's the other, the other Spanish channel? There's like two other ones. I don't uh, know. I don't know. Um, I, I'm forgetting off the top of my head. They normally carry all USA games on TV. The problem is I don't know Spanish. So I like, I like to watch the games with uh, English commentary because right. I, I understand it. That makes sense. Um, but it's tough because the games aren't always on TV, so it, it becomes a problem. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening. This episode went a little longer than I personally expected. It's it's around fifty minutes. I'm looking at it right now. Um, Gigi, thank you for enlightening me. I really appreciate it. Now go clean your room. I did clean my room. Oh, clean it again. No. I did, I did it, like, last week. Well, I'm just saying, just because you took a shower last week doesn't mean you don't have to take another <laughs> shower. Shower last night. All right. There you go. He's clean, and his room is clean. Yes. Now, my laundry, on the other hand, mm-hmm. I got to finish that now. Go finish your laundry. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. I have no clue when the next episode will drop. Probably drop after this next three-game set, and I can get a little more into, uh, I'll do some research on the TV plans. Because uh, it is something that very much bothers me. All right. I will be here. Signing off. Signing off it's for dad. Now. You can say your full name and your uh, Twitter handle. I don't, I don't want anyone to know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be tagging you in the post I put oh. on Twitter anyways. All right. Maybe I'll get some more followers. Yeah, hopefully. You don't tweet much very more and you don't like anything if anymore. If I get some followers, I'll start tweeting more. How about that? How many followers? If I get five new followers, <laughs> I will tweet during the soccer game i could definitely get you five all right you'll live tweet the game with me challenge accepted not the whole game it's very long and i have to go to sleep but you know a few minutes i'm i'm shaking my head no at this point (laughs) maybe i don't want you to get the five new followers make it happen all righty all right goodbye everyone signing off for now